Welcome to the Black Wolf Media Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Evans. This is a show where we dive into the stories of black entrepreneurs and business owners, and we talk about their brands and entrepreneurship journeys. Let's get into this episode. Hey, what's going on, Antonio? Hey, Adrian, how are you? Hey, man, what's going on? Uh, nothing much, man. Sorry for the delay in getting connected. All good. All right, man. Um, do I sound good to you? Yeah, you sound good. I was trying to get stationary so I could sound good to you as well. Yeah, yeah, you sound good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, man. So is this a, right. is this is this something we're going you recording and you're gonna play on? A different day or is it something live? So this is something that I'm recording. It's pre-recorded. And so once I finish editing it, I'll play it on like different um, <clears throat> podcast uh, platforms. Yes, sir. Okay. That makes sense. All right. All right, man. You ready to get started? Yes, sir. All right, guys. Welcome to the Black Wolf Media Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Evans. Guys, I got a special guest. His name is Antonio McBroom. He's the CEO of Primo. Uh, Antonio, man, tell the people how you're doing and tell the people all about what you do, man. Adrian, thank you so much for hosting me today. It's a pleasure to be able to share a little bit about uh, my company, Primo, and the movement that we've been building. So uh, my, my organization, Primo, is uh, we, we grow and develop diverse businesses, communities, and most importantly, leaders. And the reason we do so is we want to continue to create growth opportunities for people like us yeah. and, uh, and it's been quite a fun journey uh, we focused on business development in the franchise space the multi-unit franchise space with uh, both Ben and Jerry's and now Starbucks um, we've done it as far as uh, real estate and uh, development and and most importantly we just double down and, and really try to attract and build uh, young promising leaders from diverse backgrounds okay um and Antonio, man, so my first question to you is, man, like, what got you in, uh, what got you interested in, you know, um, developing, uh, becoming like a real estate developer and, you know, tapping in with um, various organizations like Ben and & Jerry's and now Starbucks? What, like, where did that all start? It's just been a, it's been a fascinating journey um, from the beginning. I know that, you know, as I was, Coming into my own, I went to school at UNC Chapel Hill, and I, I was a scooper at the Ben and Jerry's ice cream shop there. And um, I just had a I had a, a passion and and really calling on my life for um, for mentoring and for for teaching. And I thought that meant I needed to go into the field of education, similar to my mother had done. And uh, and, I, and I did a program called Teach for America, where I spent some time in the classroom. But um, as I was really taking the responsibility of you know, changing the financial trajectory of my family, um, you know, I saw that actually my business could be my classroom and I could really impact uh, more lives through, you know, focusing on leadership development, entrepreneurship development and wealth building, particularly in the black community. So um, that's that's kind of how this, this all began. It was just a, an evolving, uh, an evolving dream that just turned into reality. Yeah. And that's awesome, man. You said something that I thought was really powerful, um, just changing the, you know, financial projection of your family. 
um, especially for the future, for the next generations, man. I think that's really powerful. And so my question to you is, man, now that it's all come full circle, you went from a scooper to actually owning some Ben and Jerry's. Like, how does that feel? You know, the feeling is is a, is a feeling that I don't take for granted, you know, in, in a sense, as we approach our 15 year anniversary, um, you know, we're kind of in a season of, of, of you know, uh, reaping the harvest in a season of celebration. And, you know, we're just reflecting on just the, the scale and scope of change that's happened in this last decade and a half for us. And, um, you know, and, and it's just a feeling of gratitude and appreciation. While at the same time, it's a, it's a feeling of, you know, responsibility to whom much is given, much is required. Yeah. And our platform has really grown from, you know, a, a single store in Chapel Hill, North Carolina to uh, soon to be 15 uh, shops across, you know, some of the coolest cities in, in the Southeast USA from Washington, D.C. to Atlanta to Tampa to Houston. You know, um, it gives us a, a, an amazing platform to impact a lot of communities and a lot of lives. And so, you know, in a sense, it's this, this feeling of the, the balance of appreciation, gratitude and celebration, along with just continued responsibility to, to impact change in lives. Yeah. OK. And, and so tell me, man, like, what was it like for you growing up and, you know, who would you say was, you know, a big leader in your life? or leaders. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the most influential person in my life, uh, was my grandmother um, yeah. and I called her my Mima and she's no longer with me, but I spent a lot of time with my Mima growing up and, um, you know, she lived an antiquated lifestyle. Uh, we, we didn't have uh, running water in our house. We had a Johnny house in the back and we, we take jugs and go get water for the day. Um, we had a wood stove, um, but we were we had a, ha a house that was full of full of love. Yeah. And my, my grandmother herself and her small community was an entrepreneur. Um, matter of fact, she was a she was a bootlegger, right? And yeah. I had um, I had a, a aunt who had Down syndrome that lived with us, and she you know was also an entrepreneur. She sold popsicles and sodas for when folks would come by uh, my grandma's house, and that just kind of at a young age. Uh, showed me the value of entrepreneurship and service and um, even at even at you know at, at young ages before I was 10 and so you know I took that I took that same insight with me it was just always driven it motivated me a lot once I got older and started to see that what what I grew up with as normal wasn't really the norm in uh, our society these days and yeah you know and as as the male in our family um you know, I, I, I took a leadership position where I, I saw the ability to, to change that reality and actually put a bathroom in my grandmother's house and, and remodel it and start to, you know, help us live, um, you know, standards, different standards of living. And so as I think about impact for, for the first part of my entrepreneurial journey, it was all about impacting my family. Right. That, that yeah. was my community it was my family, my grandmother, my mother. Um, and then as my family grew and I, I had a wife and I had two children, it was kind of, you know, impacting them and setting them up so that we could have, you know, um, a fruitful life. And and as 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 I was able to kind of check those boxes, you know, I started seeing the ability to do that with more of my staff members and team members that was working with me and friends 
uh, through different partnerships and ventures. And then I, I started seeing the ability to do it in my communities at large, you know, by serving on various boards or making different donations or philanthropic efforts. And as you know, as as we've got momentum now uh, with the size that we are, you know, I'm starting to see it from more of a global lens. And yeah. you know, what are what are the key ways that we can have, you know, lasting legacy uh, impact? And so our company Primo has has uh, set our sights on being able to say. When it's all said and done, that we've impacted over $10 billion of, of business excellence, particularly in the black community, uh, when our when our when our journey's done. And our vision for doing that is obviously through continuing to grow the operating businesses that we have, um, being a black-owned business that that excels in and making an example of what's possible if if folks um, you know kind of look past uh, some of the subconscious um you know, subconscious thoughts they have that, that doesn't allow them to invest or create opportunities for black business. So we want to be an example. That's a part of our mission. But the other, the other piece is that we want to share information and, and, and uh, share a lot of the stuff that we've learned so that the, the business is coming behind us. What it took us 15 years to do, maybe they yeah. can have a blueprint that they can do it in three or five years because we've got that 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 knowledge and information gap that exists in the black business community is, is closed. And so that's a big part of our, that's a big part of our mission as well. Yeah. And, and um, when, while you were talking, man, you were saying one thing that stood out to me um, was like, you were saying how you could impact the, the ones closest to you. And then, you know, the ones in your immediate family, then you were able to impact the ones outside of your family, like staff members, partners, and, um, you also said as you know, you also I noticed that as you said that it seemed like your vision just got bigger and bigger and you started thinking about how could I impact the world. And so um, my, my question to you is, man, like, you know, with impacting the world and, and you having 15 years in the game, um, what kind of effort will that take for you and your team to accomplish? You know, it takes us it takes us. Uh, re relentlessly pursuing results and, you know, not getting complacent with success. They say good is the enemy of great. And just because, you know, we're able to do good at this time, we got to keep a, keep a standard for greatness and excellence. And, you know, it's kind of like this strategic contentment almost where it's like, you know, with success, enjoying, enjoying the success and being content and, and grateful for it while at the same time being purposeful and strategic in, you know, not settling. Some of the, some of the, you know, most high profile, high impact folks in any sector, you know, do a great job at balancing their success with, you know, just, just this passion for change and impact and not settling. And so um, that's really the, the, the main way that we continue to, to fuel our vision forward. Um, and, you know, it's, it, and I, the other thing I'd add is it takes a village. Yeah. You know, this isn't a this isn't a one 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 man army here. Um, you know, our our primo team at this point we've got two hundred team members. My my management team is forty deep. My senior leadership team is eight deep. And and I mean this this is a, a tribe of entrepreneurial folks and leaders that are committed to growing themselves and kind of personal mastery, but also using that personal mastery to really make impact and do good in the community and so yeah. um that's been our that's been our recipe for success yeah okay um and so speaking of that man speaking of like your team members like 
how do you find team members and how do you bring people on board? Um, and like, how do you weed out the, the ones that um, like don't see the vision or have you ever had, like, how does that go for you? Yeah. So I, I, for a while, I've had a vision that we actually have a culture, you know, uh, within Primo that's a magnet for some of the best and highest performing leaders in our communities. And, um, and, you know, it's just a, it's just a, a, a certain swag or a certain way of life, a certain um, way of, of, of governing our business that just attracts um, some of the best, best leaders. Yeah. So with that, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to tell quickly if someone's a fit for that culture. Yeah. And we've spent a ton of, we spent a ton of our time just really refining that culture and documenting that culture through our core values of passion, servant leadership, fun, resourceful, knowledgeable, right? And so if these are our core values, whenever we're looking to bring somebody in our culture, we're, we're, we're recruiting based on those core values and we're promoting based on how you show up with those core values every single day. Yeah. And so it allows me and my partners to have very transparent, open conversations with each other during the various phases of our business growth and personal lives, it's like we can have various, various conversations, very, very transparent conversations with each other about, you know, how we're showing up in the ways that matter to Primo. Are we showing up as passionate leaders or is our energy level down? Are we showing up as fun leaders? Are we using servant leadership to the way that we are impacting and serving, you know, the team members that, that we're, we're leading. And so, um, that's been our, our secret recipe is just focusing on culture. The culture is really the, the secret sauce. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, man. Um, so just to switch up the conversation a little bit, I want to um, talk about more of your experience in real estate developing. And um, so can you take me back, man, take me back 15 years and, you know, you got that first Ben and Jerry's. Um, what was that like? And, you know, how did you guys get the capital for that? Yeah, yeah. So speaking of real estate, um, that actually preceded the first Ben and Jerry's. I had an uncle who told me that, you know, there's there's something they don't make more of, and that's dirt. And so as you start to, uh, you know, work and save you up some money, don't don't spend it on foolish things, buy you some dirt because it can only go up in value over time. And I took that to heart. And so the, the first little bit of money I'd, I'd saved whenever I was 18, um, we bought uh, a track of land with some timber on it at a foreclosure. And, yeah. um, and that ended up being the collateral that we needed to get a little bit of the business line of credit for whenever we were purchasing our first Ben & Jerry's. Um, so between, between focusing on real estate first and investing in real estate and using it for collateral, um, the, the next step was just strategic collaboration. You know, so when I was, I was 21 when I bought my first Ben and & Jerry's. And at that time, from a standalone standpoint, I didn't have all the requirements to be, be a franchisee on my, yeah. on my own. You know, um, a lot of times when you're trying to join a franchise system, they've got certain net worth requirements, certain liquidity requirements, credit requirements, experience requirements. And when I looked at it, it was like I was... I was kind of halfway there. You know, I had, I had the management experience because I worked full time while I was in college. So I'd, I'd had the two years of managing and, and particularly that same concept. So that was something that I had a strength in. However, you know, being 21, I just hadn't worked up where I had that kind of net worth 
and uh, liquidity on my own. So I had. What's good, everyone? If you guys are enjoying this show, please be sure to share this with a friend, family member or coworker and leave a five star review. Now back to this episode. Peace. If you're a supporter of our podcast, then you'll love our newsletter. Every week, we give you a sneak peek in the upcoming episodes and the guests that we have featured. And we also let you know about exciting live events that we have planned for the future. So if you're looking to stay up to date on everything going on in the world of the Black Wolf Media podcast, be sure to go in the show notes and subscribe to our newsletter today. I had a mentor named Eric Taylor, who was a few years older than me, had already finished college and he was engineering. Um, and so he actually had a lot of things that complemented what I had, where, you know, he had established credit and he'd, he'd been in the workplace for a while. And so by the time we put our credentials together, we did check the box. And so yeah. um, that strategic collaboration he had at the beginning as well. And from there, you know, we, we, we've continued our efforts. Um, with growing Ben and Jerry's franchises, but we've also never lost sight of just how important real estate ownership and real estate development is if you're trying to build true multi-generational wealth. Another wise person told me, you know, in, in America specifically, you know, if you're talking about how true wealth is built, you know, you've got inventions, you've got oil, and you've got real estate. And, you know, we're, we weren't kind of the technology inventor types um, we didn't have any oil in our family. And so we saw real estate as a game that we could play and learn um, and love. And so um, we just continued to keep that front of mind. So the second that we got eligible um, and in a position to buy our own personal homes, we did at young ages. Yeah. And since, you know, sold and bought and rented uh, several homes since then. And then in terms of land itself, you know, the, the process of land development and how do you you know, uh, assemble and acquire large tracts of land and get that land, you know, properly evaluated so that it could be turned into a higher and better use one day. So it could actually end up being a subdivision or it could be a, um, a shopping complex or a commercial building. You know, we found a lot of success in, in being, um, you know, leaders in that space for our community. And so uh, we continue to just, just love the, the balance we have in, developing franchise businesses that serve the public day in and day out and put smiles on folks' faces while also, you know, leading in kind of the community development and creating new, new spaces in the community for folks to, you know, enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm curious, man, like when you guys bought, got that first um, uh, Ben and Jerry's, you know, 15 years ago, how much was it then compared to what it is now to get a Ben and Jerry's? Yeah, I mean, so costs of everything have um, have changed drastically over 15 years, right? Yeah. So, um, but I mean, it's 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 still it's still similar in line. I mean, um, you know, roughly 350 to 500 thousand dollars is a typical investment to open a, a franchise business of of this sort. Um, and you know, you have you have unique opportunities. Our first opportunity was a unique one. Um, where we didn't have to invest quite that much because it was an existing store that at that time was under a lot of stress. Yeah. 
that's been another, especially as we were getting started, one of our keys uh, that we were able to do is focus on distressed assets that we saw the ability to improve. So use our vision and make changes and improve it. And so this, the first store we bought was distressed because there was a big um, construction project going on uh, on the street that it was at that was that, that kind of for years had folks not walking by the store. There were some sign ordinance challenges that the previous owner hadn't figured out how to, to how to overcome. So the visibility was low. Um, and then, you know, and it just it it just created, you know, an, a unique opportunity for us to enter this this mark, this brand and really improve it. And so once we turned that first store around and we got very creative and entrepreneurial in terms of other ways to generate revenue with not just in the four walls of the store, but in other areas, uh, kind of omni-channel before omni-channel was a thing. Um, that allowed that that propelled us forward to do multiple locations. And once yeah. multiple locations became a focus, it, it really that's where the leadership development side of things became super, super, super uh, critical because now, you know, you can't be at the store, in the store all the time like I was the first couple of years running my business. You've got to start to build a team that you can trust um, to run it even better than you did. Yeah. OK. And And so when you guys found that distress or like when you guys find a distressed property now, like what's that process like for you to got for you guys to bring it back to life? Like what's the very first thing you guys would do? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm big on vision. You know, the, the first step is, is actually having a goal, having a vision of what this can, can actually be and spending time, consistently you know by myself visualizing the end outcome of what i think is possible you know and and from there having conversations with the key stakeholders and folks that know more than i do um that can help me along that journey and then from there you just you just craft a plan of how do you get from the point we are now to where we want to be and understand that you know um taking a distressed asset especially to a place of highest and best use isn't something that happens overnight. Yeah. You've got to have you got to have some stand power. You've got to have some patience to go along with the vision uh, as you as you improve it. So many folks, you know, um, overplan what's possible for in just one year time, but they underplan what's possible in a decade. And so, you know, as a developer, especially, you, you've got to take that medium to long range uh, mindset into projects as you work on them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so when it comes to Starbucks, okay, you guys Ben and Jerry. What was it about Starbucks that piqued your interest? Yeah, so our company Primo is a double entendre. You know, in Spanish, Primo means cousins, right? And um and but in, in black urban culture, Primo is is often associated with best of the best, creme de la creme. Yeah. And so as we were having remarkable success and love with our journey with Ben and Jerry's as a primo brand in the ice cream space, we we definitely wanted to diversify our portfolio. And so we could continue to learn so we could try something new. And um, and we didn't and we saw, you know, quick service retail as the space that we wanted to stay within. And so going from coffee, going from ice cream to coffee felt like a good next step. Yeah. And if you're thinking about doing kind of the primo brand in the coffee space, 
there is no question that it's Starbucks. And yeah. so, you know, as we were as we were starting to think about being a multi-unit, multi-brand organization, um, we we actually got introduced to, to Starbucks on a whole another wave of just um, getting. In, they they wanted to get to know us a little better because of our success and experience in in terms of leading and building diverse businesses. Yeah. Um, so we did some some you know getting to know and consulting in the early days with uh, Starbucks and, and we just fell in love with the brand, fell in love with the fact that it was a brand that had uh, a mission and had soul and it had high quality Primo products. And so that's where we, you know, asked big, big, a big question. I believe that the quality of your life is in the quality of the questions that you ask. And so we just asked, you know, um, is there a pathway that would allow us to start to operate our own Starbucks stores? And that's where we, kind of learned about the different ways and of, of working. And we just began that journey and are really, really excited about all the potential that it offers. Yeah. Okay. And, and for those that are curious, man, like how much is it to get a Starbucks um, compared to uh, Ben and Jerry's? You know, um, they're similar. I, I'd say the, the, the initial build out costs are a little bit higher. Um, yeah. But it's you know when you, when you're doing kind of quick service, it's not as elaborate as building a full restaurant because typically you don't have to do as much with hoods and things of that sort. Yeah. But um, you know, just just kind of between a half a million and a million bucks, in is is, is a typical build out in that space. Yeah. Okay. And so, when did you guys acquire this uh, Starbucks? We actually opened it in in February of of 2023. Okay, so y'all just okay, cool, cool. Yeah, very new in the journey. Okay, and like, how has that been so far? Like, you know, what are some things that you've learned um, when it comes to like coffee and when it comes to developing, um, you know, a, a brand that's kind of already been established? Yeah, it's been it's been quite a learning journey. I've loved it. I've learned so much about just even in the, you know, pre-opening stage about construction and yeah. how to be more efficient and streamlined. Starbucks is a very organized process driven company. Um, that's what drew me to them is just how consistent they are from a customer facing standpoint. So that same thing applied as, as, as it relates to working with uh, the Starbucks corporate team. And yeah. we just learned so much about how to be more organized with the, the site selection process or, you know, the, the pro forma, uh, for the financials to how we build a store out. And now that we're operating it, um, you know, just the tools, technology, uh, we're just still in that learning stage. It's, yeah. it's early, so we're in a learning stage, but we're, you know, one of our core values is being knowledgeable and resourceful. And, you know, and we're, we're just looking to grow our knowledge and how do we become some of the best in the world uh, operators of, of Starbucks cafes. You know, we've had a 15-year head start with our Ben & Jerry's journey. And we've made strides every single year to, to kind of make that good to great jump. Yeah. We want to do that same thing in, this, in the Starbucks space. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you guys acquire a retail space in a different sector, do you ever have like a number that you're going for? Like, for instance, do you have a number of Starbucks that you want to go for? Or, you know, like, like how does that work? Yeah. I mean, typically when you're a developer, you know, critical mass is important, you yeah. know, with, and so when I think about our journey with different brands, um, you know, we want to have, 
we want to have dozens of these different concepts because with that critical mass, it allows us to, to elevate our impact. You know, it allows us to build a, a, a better supportive team and make different kinds of investments. And so um, that's, that's the outlook I take with all the brands I work with is we want to be a, a regional developer that, that uh, particularly in the Southeast, that, that helps the brand, you know, have some of the best of the best locations in key markets across the Southeast. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, um, Antonio, man, one of my last questions to you is, man, um, what are some of your goals? You don't have to share them all. Um, what are some of your goals uh, for 2023? I mean, 23 for us in, in year 15, uh, we've been driving ourselves on this kind of 15 locations in 15 years mantra. Yeah. And um, and with the opening of Starbucks, we've got 14 Ben and Jerry's adding the Starbucks. That gives us 15 operating units right now. And so mm, that was, okay. Th that was how we started the year. And okay. uh, from there, you know, we're really we're really pushing the big word of EBITDA. Um, okay. You know, as we become a as we become a, a medium medium sized business now. Um, getting more dialed in on EBITDA and, and having our managers, not just me or uh, my business partner, CFO Eric, tied in uh, and focused on EBITDA, but having our managers really as business people. So, you know, we call it the great game of business. And uh, it's been it's been fascinating just to kind of teach and, and, and get our get our get our team more as all business people. And so that was our that was our top goal of the year is just to 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 share the financial literacy um because that that fuels our long-term goals of how we impact the leaders that that work with us now how do we impact them is by growing their financial literacy so they develop skills that they can apply to their personal lives they can apply to when they want to do their own business they can apply to their next job that 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 makes them even more valuable in the marketplace and so um, that's, that, that was kind of mission alpha strike this year. And we've been making big, big strides on that. You know, the other piece is, um, we're really looking to continue to grow and develop in our key markets. And so we're in the process of building out, um, our, uh, next store in the Atlanta region, uh, it's Atlanta high street up in, uh, Sandy Springs and Dunwoody. So, uh, that's a that fun project. Just we're in the design phase now and about to go to permitting. And then we'll go to construction in, in the third quarter and hopefully finish construction in the fourth quarter. So um, that's that's top of the list for us. And uh, and yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be a really, really uh, fun year for us as we kind of end this cele celebration season while also just getting geared up for, and getting our vision aligned for uh, the next part of our journey, the next chapter to our book. All right, man. Well, there you have the people. Um, Antonio, man, how can people tap in with you and contact? Yeah, uh, you can certainly Google us. We have a website, uh, Primo Partners. Um, love for you to engage with us on our website. Um, and if you see opportunities for collaboration, for idea sharing, um, that's what it's all about. So I, I appreciate the time with you today and uh, really hope that from sharing a little bit about our story that we can help other businesses be remarkable. Yes, sir. And and thank you guys, man, for reaching out and giving me this opportunity to uh, interview you on the podcast, man. Definitely. No doubt. All right, man. Um, if you don't mind, Antonio, man, could you leave us with a good message? 
Absolutely. Um, the the message I'll leave I'll leave us with today um, is one that one of my top business coaches tells me all the times. A lot of time as as leaders and entrepreneurs, we're so focused on you know the, reaching this destination one day, and I've I've come to embrace that the journey is the actual prize, and so as we're chopping wood as we're as we're progressing toward our dreams enjoying that journey is actually the the best part of the whole experience and so um i like to you know that's some wisdom that's really helped me along the way um to to live just a more fulfilled and content life and happy to share that with the community today all right man thank you for that sir all right guys uh that's the end of the episode man again i'm your host adrian evans Addict Antonio McBroom, guys of Primo. Um, definitely check him out, man. Reach out to him, guys. And uh, that's it, guys. That's the end of the episode. I'm going to get out of here. We're going to see y'all later. Peace. Are you an influencer, creative, freelancer, or service based business owner looking for a better way to manage your payments and expenses? Look no further than pay it. With PayIt, you can easily send and receive payments, create invoices, and track your expenses all in one place. Say goodbye to the hassle of managing multiple payment platforms and tracking expenses manually. And the benefits don't stop there. By using PayIt, you're supporting a Black-owned business and helping to create more opportunities for underrepresented entrepreneurs in the tech industry. So why wait? Sign up for PayIt today and start simplifying your payment and expense management while supporting a great cause. Click on the affiliate link in the show notes to get started. Attention Black Wolf Media Podcast listeners. Do you guys see any ways that we can improve our show? If so, we would love to hear from you. By filling out our quick survey, you'll give us valuable feedback on what you guys like and what you want to hear more of. Plus, your responses will help us grow our audience so we can attract bigger and better guests. It only takes a few minutes to make a big impact. So head over to our survey and fill it out. Thank you for your support. All right, guys, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for sticking around. If you guys really enjoyed this show, please leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, family member, or coworker. And if you guys have any suggestions as far as what to talk about on the show and who review, please email us at blackwolfmedia18 at gmail.com. Again, our email is blackwolfmedia18 at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Until next time.